Gentlemen, start your engines. Live from our studios in Spartanburg, South Carolina, Fox Sports Spartanburg presents Start Your Engines. Here is your race team for today. Show producer Ronnie Black, author and veteran motorsports journalist Deb Williams, local action from winning car builder and owner Alan Hill, former NASCAR team manager and author Greg Moore. And here is your host for Start Your Engines, racing historian and author Perry Allen Wood. is trackside and ready to go. What's going on at this week's big race? Now let's go live to death. And good morning and welcome to Start Your Engines on a gorgeous June Saturday morning in Spartanburg, South Carolina. And it's my pleasure to introduce back to the show somebody I haven't seen sitting across from me in about three months, Greg Moore. How you doing, Greg? Doing a whole lot better, Perry. Good to see you over there, buddy. Yeah, I- like I say, I just had to had some things happen and uh, took time to get healed up. And uh, you know, I'm about ready to go and start talking racing. And well, you got I, two hours to talk it, and we're going to start out because of some other obligations she has with uh, usually our 1020 guest, and that's Deb Williams. How are you doing, Deb? Fine, thank you. How are you doing? Just wish we could have had this beautiful weather last weekend. No kidding. <laughs> I bet you do. <laughs> Well, I know you've been—I know you've been uh, concerned as we all have about Greg, and it's Greg's right here across from me, so uh, you can welcome him back. Oh, Deb, how you Greg, doing? It's so nice to have you back. Oh, great! Now that you're back, I'm so glad you're back. I hope you're feeling better. Yeah, feeling feeling a lot better. Like I say, had had some problems, and, and there were some pretty serious problems. But uh, yeah, I figured I figured I might want pick myself up and get moving somehow or another. Uh, yep, it it seems to be working. Seems to be. Seems yep, that's to be. good. Well, Deb, we uh, yeah, it was a it was a rainy, miserable weekend really. Last uh, and last Saturday there was virtually no chance to get any racing in, and uh, Sunday wasn't any better. And so, uh, well, at least I guess uh, um, they had uh, a lot to do on Monday, and they got it all crammed in there, mm-hmm. even though they had to. Stop the Xfinity race to, to have a 600 miler. So it was, uh, I'm sure it was uh, uh, quite an experience for you and all the rest of the media up there. Well, it was. I think it was 1.30 Tuesday morning when I got in bed. But, you know, they make for long days. And when I first started covering the sport, veteran motorsports rider Frank Vehorn, who's from that upstate area, told me, he said, you've got to learn to go with the flow because if you don't, you will never make it in this sport. So I can tell you that uh, some of us were a little bit more taking it as it comes, not not worrying about it, uh, more so than some of the younger reporters. Oh, I bet. I know you've, uh, you've just probably <laughs> seen it all now. And I remember Frank Vehorn very well. He wrote for the uh, Spartanburg Herald Journal for a long time. Yes, he did. Unfortunately, we lost Frank a couple of years ago. But uh, he was one of those writers that uh, gave me a lot of good of advice when I first came in the sport. But it was a um, 
situation that I was very happy that my house was nine miles from the racetrack. Yeah, I bet you were. And uh, uh, you didn't invite them all over for a sleep in? <laughs> no. Well, actually, a lot of the motorsports media lives in the Charlotte area now. Okay. Yeah, I imagine a lot yeah. of them would. But uh, well, when they finally got around to racing, and we'll uh, we'll do the Cup race first. It was uh, actually. I, I got to be honest with you. I get pretty bored sometimes during the six hundred. I I can get bored during a three hundred, but that was a that was a pretty uh pretty in, intense race I thought. And uh, of course Ryan Blaney got his first win in what was it uh, fifty nine races? Fifty nine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, of course I know Lanny was glad to see that since he picks him every week. But uh, a lot of a lot of other things went on. Uh, a lot of understories, and I guess probably the biggest one is uh, Chase Elliott and. Dan, Denny Hamlin. That's true. And back to what you said about the 600, I think the 600 last year and this year are the two best 600 that I've ever watched. And I've watched all of them since 1979. And it honestly didn't seem like it was a 600-mile race. And maybe it's because there was so much going on. And the, the Denny Hamlin-Chase Elliott event has consumed the the media this week and you know i thought it was interesting how nascar can now take all this data and look at it and go well this may be what you say happened but this is what the data shows happened and that was what they made their ruling off of was what all the the data showed yeah and i that, that is amazing how they can do that and i believe uh uh Danny Hamlin saw the same data, but he he called it. And I mean, you know, it, it was pretty obvious to me. I'm, and I don't know anything about the data or anything like that. But they that maneuver's been used uh, since probably the, the the right after the first race, after the first the grudge at a racetrack. Because I was just talking to Greg out there. I think probably the most one of the most famous instances of that was uh, in at 1956 at Shelby when. Uh, um, Key Kafer was trying to win the championship, and he had that race added to the schedule. And uh, Speedy Thompson, one of his drivers, took out Herb Thomas, and Herb was never the same again. Herb raced maybe no. once or twice it's until crazy. 1962, and and uh, and he was finished. And it's exactly the same move. So uh, Bud Moore used to talk about that all the time. And yep, it's uh, it, it, those cars. In fact, they're probably now. I could be wrong about this. Because there are some linkages and things I know that get knocked out of whack, but I think they're more durable, bouncing off the wall a little bit than they used to be when the, they had the sheet metal. And it just—I uh, didn't buy it as soon as he said that you, he, he couldn't drive it after he after he bounced off the wall a little bit there because it was it was pretty obvious what happened, and it happened at a terrible place on the track where that dog yeah, leg is. That's very true. But, you know, you say you can't buy that, but as a reporter, you got to say you got to report what Denny said, and then you got to report what Chase said. Oh, yeah. And then you got to wait for NASCAR to come out with the ruling. So, yeah, I mean, it was, in my personal opinion, uh, it was quite evident that he just turned left and, and hooked him. Yep. And, but at the same time, until the data comes out, I've got to give Chase the benefit of the doubt when he says, you know, after I hit, I couldn't steer. 
but when you've got camera in the cars that shows your hands turning the steering wheel left, yeah, it's kind of hard to dispute that type of evidence. But you know, they have more data than just the SMT data that that Denny put up there. They've every one of those cars now have high speed in uh, that cameras that are in those cockpits in the cup cars. And they can go back and look at everything that goes on in that cockpit now, uh, that driver's area. And, you know, that was one thing that they, they had, that they went back and studied the accident at Talladega that involved Kyle Larson, and I believe it was uh, Ryan Priest, when uh, part of the, the door was torn away on Kyle Larson's car. Yeah, you know, they've got a lot of technology in there now that, you know, a lot of people don't even realize is there. Yeah, and uh, Greg changed quite a bit since you were there, and uh, Billy Wade was hooking Ned Jarrett, and Ned Jarrett was oh, hooking oh. Billy Wade, and uh, it's a whole different ball game. Well, do you remember uh, we used to bump into Louise Smith all the time at uh, so many places. She even told me how they would do it. I hooked the bumpers. Yeah. So Louise oh, Smith yeah. had actually spun people out and, and took people out. But yeah, it was, it was pretty. It's pretty flagrant. And uh, NASCAR just has so much data. I mean, you turn in the wrong way on the wrong guy at the wrong time, and it got all this. You know, they have to go by what the data says. Of course. Uh, yeah, it's, it's good it's not action. Like that time it. Yeah, it's not like that time at Charlotte when um, Earnhardt spun Greg Sachs in the same area, but he spun him towards the the apron. He didn't hook him on the right rear. He shoved him on the left rear and brought out a caution that allowed him to get one of his laps back. And Jeff Hammond has talked extensively this morning on Sirius XM about the deal at Richmond when Earnhardt hooked. Daryl into yep. the guardrail at Richmond. So, you know, you just got to, these people have to realize, and I think there has been a false sense of security created because of the cars being made so safe, the driver's area, the seats, the safer barriers. You know, we haven't lost anybody in the NASCAR's top three series, and I hope we don't, since we lost Earnhardt on February 18, 2001. And what that does, it gives you a false sense of security, and I think they forget that if you hook somebody into the outside wall, it could not only be detrimental to that person, but other people in the race and possibly somebody in the grandstands. I mean, look at the wheel that went out of the over the catch fence at Indianapolis. Unfortunately, it went between the grandstands and hit a parked car. Deb, do you, I mean, I know you do, but, and I've thought about this so much, uh, and I even talked about it on a, another radio show. It took an absolute split second, one way or the other, and that tire at Indianapolis would have gone into one of those grandstands. For it to hit that opening at that speed, and at that trajectory and everything, I mean, it just had to be absolute luck that, that it made it to the parking lot and not in the grandstand. It was almost like divine intervention. It, it might have been. You know, it, it, that, yeah, was, that was my feeling about it. I, 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 I literally, and I was telling Greg out there in the lobby, I, I got sick to my stomach, sort of, because 
I couldn't tell. You know, they were panning, following um, the car that was upside down, and I, I really couldn't tell if it made the stands or not. I was so relieved when they finally did back out. And, of course, the announcers, they didn't spend a lot of time talking about it, but it, it was it would still be front-page news if that tire had gone in the stands. Oh, yeah, and if you remember, I don't remember how old I was, but I remember one going into the grandstands one time at Indy, during well, the Indy 500. Well, if you want to know, that was the next to the last year I went. It was 1987, and the tire and wheel came off of Tony Bettenhausen Jr.'s car, and Pedro Guerrero, um, Roberto Guerrero, who actually ended up finishing second that year, they did. Hit it, and uh, it killed a guy on the top row of the grandstand. A gentleman uh, named uh, Kurtenbach was his last name, and he was from Wisconsin. And he was he, he met his family, or he took his family every year for a reunion. And um, he was forty-one years old. And but on the top row of the grandstand, right there between uh, the third and fourth turn on the, <laughs> on the north end of the track. So, uh, um, but it. And there's another one in 1931. I know that was a long time ago, but it rolled across Georgetown Road and killed a little boy in his front yard off of Billy Arnold's car. Mm. So, I mean, it's, you know, but that was just, it it was sickening. That was scary. It, it was very scary. Well, let's touch oh, on. Oh, yeah, everybody in the media center was, um, as you would say, sick at their stomach when that first happened because that was the first thought was, oh, no. Uh, We've got one going in the grandstand. And, of course, you I don't, don't know if you were there that night. My brother was in 1999 when the wheel went into the grandstand at Charlotte. And, uh, and, uh, no, I was in Ontario, California. NASCAR was Ontario, California then, so I was I was there. Yeah, I guess you were too, Greg. But that was uh, the Visionaire, I think the name of it, uh, 500 yeah. or whatever it was. And uh, Humpy Wheeler went it. up in the stands and just they had to cancel that one on the spot. It was It was awful. Mm-hmm. It, it was very, very bad. Bad, real bad. Well, let's talk yeah, about that was something. Terrible. Yeah, and and you know, and I need Mike Hill or somebody. He's coming on it after our, we do our Bud Moore D Day tribute to explain to me how that wheel uh, tether works because I I can't my brain won't wrap around how you can keep that wheel on the car and actually something failed for that to go into the uh, over the catch fence like it did. But I want to move on to something else before we have to let you go. Um, and that was uh, Chase Briscoe and the illegal part, and they really hammered him for uh, for uh, an illegal part, and that's with a uh, Stuart Haas Racing. Yes, and actually what it was, it was a counterfeit part. Counterfeit, and that's right. What they, yeah, what they did was, uh, the way I've heard it, is they made a part that looked like the, the part, vendor part, and then they actually stamped the number on it as if it had come from the vendor. Oh, man. And that, that <clears throat> is counterfeiting. As an ex-Secret Service agent, that's exactly what counterfeiting is. It's when you try to make it look like the real thing. And uh, uh-huh. um, Now, their reason, that they're claiming that they had it on there uh, during a wind tunnel test and forgot to take it off. I, I, but, I mean, it, it was a duct from what I understand. D-U-C-T, uh-huh. and I, I just wonder what the, the advantage was that they thought they were getting. I, I don't know. You know, well, they, they got these cars out to where they, instead of front clip and rear clip, they quarter. Like, like each wheel, each, and it's weird how they have to fix them uh, with, with this new deal. But I'm like, y'all, 
is still perplexing why he would have had a part on there when the other stuff was available. So, I don't well, have to let wait me tell you. Let me, let me explain it to you. What that nanoduct does is it controls the airflow. And it controls the airflow into the car for cooling, and they could possibly manipulate downforce with it, too, mm. because of the way it does the airflow. So they found something regarding the airflow into the car. They claim they had it on in a wind tunnel test. NASCAR is saying they manufactured a piece, stamped the vendor number and everything on it, and made it appear that it was a vendor piece when it was not. Well, um, it must have worked great. They finished 17th which it was just a random car they selected from what I understand that they took to the R&D center to, uh, to take apart, you know, the 17th place finisher. You wouldn't think you'd find anything like that on there, uh, but they did. Well, they took more cars back to the R&D center after the 600 than I've ever seen them take back to the R&D center. They took six cars back. Um, and they took, I can't remember unless it was the 19, the 14, the 31, 48. Uh, I'm going by memory because I'm, uh, let's see if I can pull it up really quick here on my phone. Well, I mean, that's okay. I, I, I get to, we get the point. It's it's just, yeah. uh, <laughs> uh, it was a bunch of them and actually, uh you wouldn't think that was only only thing I was saying was you wouldn't think you'd find something on a car that finished so far back. Deb, we're going to have to let you go in a minute, but let's do our point standings. And Lanny won last week with Ryan Blaney. He picks him every week, and uh, by golly, he came through. And the point standings after Charlotte, Deb is still leading with 28 points. Lanny has 23. Ronnie and I have 19 each, and Greg, you've got one. But you've got over half a season to go, so why don't you pick first and pick yourself a good one? I'm going to go with that 24 car. Well, he's won. He's won three. He's won more than anybody. Yeah. So I'd say you made a pretty good choice. Pretty good choice. I, I, I figured I'd be safe with that. Uh, well, you probably are. Um, uh, Deb, you, go, you can go next. Well, it's a toss-up for me. Why don't you pick, and then I'll go. I'm going to stick with Suarez. I uh, seem to be having good results with him. I should have never gotten away from him. Can't pick the nine anyway. Well, I mean, I guess I could. I haven't heard. Is Josh Berry going to drive the nine? No, it's Corey LaJoy. Oh, Corey. I did hear that. I did hear that because uh, um, Josh, I guess, is all the way across the country in Oregon getting ready to run the X-Finish. Correct. Race. Yeah. Yeah, Corey mm -hmm. LaJoy. Okay, well. Pick one. Okay, well, I'm going to go, I'm debating between a Ford and a Toyota, so I guess I'll go with the 45. Tyler Reddick, that's a good pick. Uh, Lanny, if you'll text me one in, and Ronnie, if you're listening, uh, you can text me one in two, and I'll announce it as I get them in. So, uh, um, well, Deb, I, I know you're, uh, you got to be someplace and you're driving and i'm glad we could get you in early and we will always get you in if uh if it's on the first 25 minutes of the show or the last 25 we'll uh we'll always make room for you well i appreciate it i deeply appreciate you working with me on that and uh, you know it should be quite interesting this weekend with 
the temperatures that these drivers are going to be dealing with. It's supposed to be 95 or hotter in St. Louis, and then Portland is in the 80s, and it's sunny as well. So you've got Xfinity and truck today and Cup tomorrow. It's a full racing weekend because you've got F1 in Spain, you've got IndyCar in Detroit, yep. and you've got yep. the dra- NHRA at New Hampshire. Well, so it's a full race weekend. It's early June, first weekend in June, and uh, it's uh, yeah, everything's in full swing. Deb, we appreciate it. We love you, and uh, thanks so much for coming on, and we look forward to talking to you next week. Thank you. It's always a pleasure. All right. That's uh, Deb Williams. Who is she, Greg? Do you remember? She is, without a doubt, the smartest woman reporter in NASCAR history, <laughs> possibly racing history. Okay, well, you embellished it even a little bit more. Let's take a break. We're a little behind, but it's okay. Anything for Deb. You're listening to Start Your Engines on Fox Sports Spartanburg. Start Your Engines will be back after this quick pit stop on Fox Sports 1498.3 FM. The attorneys at Carolina Law Group are your local injury attorneys. They will always fight for you and aren't scared of the big insurance companies. The best part about Carolina Law Group is that they are local, located here in Spartanburg. And when you call Carolina Law Group, you will always speak with an attorney like Nahar Patel, who was recently voted as best injury attorney in the upstate, or attorneys Matthew Whitehead and Mitchell Bird, who were finalists for best trial attorney. The Carolina Law Group is aggressive and loyal and will fight for you. Call today, 864-757-5555, or visit thecarolinalawgroup.com. You already know Palmetto Spirits is the place to go for wine, fine bourbons, and home bar essentials. But Palmetto Spirits is also the perfect place to pick up your favorite local craft brews like R.J. Rockers, crowd-pleasing Budweiser brands, and world-famous imports like Stella Artois, Modelo, and Corona. Whether you're in search of the ideal wine pairing or the ideal gift, Jim and the staff at Palmetto Spirits will get it in your hands. Palmetto Spirits, located at the corner of Reedville and Anderson Mill Roads. Hey, everybody, this is Tyler Sugar. Join me weekday mornings from 7 until 9 right here on Bump and Run on Fox Sports Barnberg 98.3 FM, presented by Chris Foster Heating and Air, your local rain specialist here in Spartanburg County. Join us as we talk high school sports, South Carolina, Clemson, USC Update, Wofford, all the stuff that matters to you, and we have the best guests. Join us weekday mornings from 7 to 9 for Bump and Run here on Fox Sports Spartanburg 98.3 FM on the Fox Sports Spartanburg app and on our website at SpartanburgSportsRadio.com. Make Phillips and Long Fuel Chesney your source for propane in Spartanburg County. They offer propane for hot water heaters, cooking, and heat. They can fill your grill tank and get you ready for grilling season. Not only do they sell propane, but they sell a large variety of propane accessories such as grill tanks and other appliances that run on propane. If your propane tank is running low, call and we'll have it filled within one business day. Call them at 864-461-8511. That's Phillips and Long Fuel, located at 421 South Alabama Avenue in Chesney. The BMW Charity Pro-Am presented by TD Cinex has been a staple of the Upstate community for more than two decades. The BMW Charity Pro-Am brings the Upstate a fun and entertaining week centered around professional athletes and world-renowned celebrities and raises money and awareness for South Carolina charities. Tournament week this year is June 5th through 11th and includes golf clinics, concerts, a sustainability luncheon at Bon Secours Wellness Arena, a ladies' luncheon and golf clinic at Carolina Country Club and Chapman Cultural Center, the BMW Charity Pro-Am, June 8th through 11th at Carolina Country Club and the Thornblade Club. 
find an old 35mm film camera? Are you using one now? Do you want to? Where do you go to get your film developed? Spartan Photo Center, the last full-service camera store in South Carolina. They have all sorts of new and used cameras, digital and film. Remember film? They develop 35mm and 120-sized color negative film three times a week. Black and white every couple of weeks. Get your film developed, scanned, printed, or cloud-delivered to you by Google Drive or Dropbox. Need film? They've got film. 35mm color and black and white. Spartan Photo Center, 108 Garner Road, just off North Pine Street, across from the Food Lion. Image Printing is the only shop in the upstate that prints signage, decals, banners, t-shirts, wide-format printing, full-color paper printing, and offers graphic design services all in-house. And now Image Printing is offering custom t-shirts with no minimum quantity. That's right. Image Printing now offers direct-to-garment printing, which means you can get your design printed on a t-shirt, whether you want one or 1,000. Visit Image Printing at 845 California Ave, across the street from the Spartanburg County Detention Center. Call 864-583-8848. Hot town, summer in the city, back of my neck getting dirt and gritty. Them down, isn't it a pity? Doesn't seem to be a shadow in the city. And that's pretty appropriate because it's going to be a hot time in the city today. It's going to be hot everywhere, I think. I know out in Texas around the panhandle and everything, they're having a whole lot of rain and it's underwater out there. But as uh, I hadn't seen the forecast, but as Deb said, it's, uh, I lived in Chicago, which actually uh, the race the cup boys are running and girls are is in um Actually, that's Madison, Illinois, which is across the Mississippi River from St. Louis, and it gets hot. Everybody knows it gets hot in St. Louis. So uh, she says it's going to be in the, in the 90s. That's a that's a mile and a quarter track, if I'm not mistaken. And they uh, it's flat, and if that thing gets greasy, I mean, it could really be a be a, an exciting, interesting um, race for the Cup boys and the trucks. But let's back up a little bit here and uh, talk about what we talked about with Deb, and that's the Charlotte race. We'll get into a little more detail. Um, Ryan Blaney was the winner. First time in 59 races that he's been in victory lane, which was uh, I know uh, Penske was glad to see his other car get in there, and I know he was, uh, Blaney was as well, and Lanny was pretty happy about it too. So uh, that was a forward win. Second was William Byron. Third was Martin Truex. Fourth was Bubba Wallace, who had another good run. He's having a good run every week, Greg. But Bubba keeps – I wish we'd get him on the show. I, 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 did, I have talked to Helton. I talked to Helton uh, about a week and a half ago, and I've indicated to him, you know, that some of these guys that are new we like to talk to, you know, yeah. like Bubba. I mean, Somebody that's not in their 80s, is that what you're trying yeah, to say? Yeah, exactly. Well, I mean, I shouldn't laugh about that, but we have such great guests, they just happen to be in their 80s. I know it. And, uh, and I'm proud to have them on, but yeah, Bubba would be a great guest. and we might Maybe we can make that happen. Let's work on it. Yeah, we're working. All right. Fifth is, was Tyler Reddick, uh, Bubba's teammate, by the way. Sixth is was uh, Kyle Bush. Seventh, Ricky Stenhouse, Jr. Eighth, Chris Boucher. Ninth, Austin Dillon. And tenth was uh, Zane Smith, actually, driving uh, the... Um, well, I always put the staple right on it. Driving that number 38 car for Front Row Motorsports. So uh, that was a good run for him. Now, let's go to the uh, point standings. By the way, that race at Charlotte had uh, 
31 lead changes, which is a lot for Charlotte. I remember a couple of years ago, Martin Truex led about every lap. And, yeah, he did. He and, did. And really stunk it up. But that was a that was a good race with a lot of lead changes. And like Deb said, the last two World 600s or Coca-Cola 600s have been good races. Point standings after uh, Charlotte. William Byron uh, is in first place with three wins. Second is Kyle Busch with two and Kyle Larson with two. They're second and third. And then these next guys all have one win, and that's Ryan Blaney who jumped from way back in the top 16 to, um, to fourth place. So he was, uh, he was like the leader of the people that hadn't won a race, and now that he's won one, it really uh, propelled him up in the standings. Fifth is Martin Truex Jr., sixth Christopher Bell, seventh Tyler Reddick, eighth Denny Hamlin, and ninth Ricky Stenhouse Jr., and tenth is Joey Logano. So we've had ten different winners so far this year, Greg. That's that's pretty good parity, and i am got a feeling we'll probably have five or six more. Well, you know, that's one of the things that, uh, that NASCAR stressed is it's important to try to win. You know, winning it, it, it means a ton. I mean, don't get me wrong, second places and third places add up. Uh, but they, they really want the guys to, to run every lap hard. Uh, and we've seen cases where that happens. Like Chase running a little too hard. Well, <laughs> he, he needs to, you know, he got roughed up. I don't know how many other times it had happened, but what they showed on television was uh, Hamlin leaning on him in the first and second turn. Well, I mean, I don't know if it happened for several laps or that was the only time, but the next time they came, the next turn is when uh, – Chase took him out, so I mean he didn't he didn't give himself much of an opportunity to cool off at a hundred seventy miles an hour. No, that that was kind of a immediate payback or something. I I don't know. But. Well, it's like and you know, and probably one of the kings of payback or and getting ticked off on the track is Tony Stewart, who was you know doing the broadcast, and he said, uh, you know, you you just get to a point where you can't put up with it anymore. I yeah. mean, enough's enough. And I guess Chase uh, figured enough was enough. But he that was a – I like Chase. Y'all know I pick him almost every week. But he, that was a dirty move. That, that was bad. That was a dirty move, and it's been a dirty move since uh, – uh, For years and years. I, I had even forgotten about uh, Earnhardt and Waltrip at Richmond. You know, it's just uh, – y'all oh, were in that race. But more was in that. But, you know, that's just, it's just We a run dirty fourth that day at Earnhardt. And, uh, well, you would have been sixth if they had taken each other out. I know it. I know and it. That, was that Kyle Busch's first win? Kyle Petty's first win? Kyle Petty got through the debris. He, that was his first win, or yeah. was it? Or It wasn't Jeff Bodine. It was Kyle Petty, right? Kyle Petty won. Yeah, yeah, that's what I thought. We need to get him back on the show. He's a great guest. And now I've read I got his book for Christmas, and I've read it. So we need to, we need to get Kyle book on it. pretty here. good. Oh, it's got some great stuff in it. And it's got some very, very um, poignant. I mean, when he's in Paris and he finds out and he gets a phone call at the desk uh, at the hotel to call Mike Helton, he said, when you get a phone call and it's to call Mike Helton, somebody leaves you a message, it's usually not good. And uh, it was the worst it could have been. But anyway, let's get on with this now. So those first ten guys there have won a race. The next six have not won a race but are in the playoffs if it started today. Ross Chastain is 11th. Kevin Harvick, 12th. Kevin's in his last year, so he's probably going to win one. you got to believe Ross Chastain's going to win a race. 
Oh, he runs good all the time. 13th is Brad Keselowski. 14th, Chris Boucher. 15th is Bubba Wallace, who's having a good run just about every week. And 16th, Alex Bowman. It took him one race to get back into the top 16 after missing, what he missed, four weeks with his, after he hurt his back in the in the sprint car. So yep, uh, yep, that was it didn't it. take him long to get back. On the outside looking in, 17th is Ty Gibbs. 18th is my man Daniel Suarez. Um, 19th is Corey LaJoy. He's got him a good hot rod if he's taking over that number nine car for this week. Yeah. You remember it was a couple of off seasons ago when he lobbied and he wrote Hendrick a letter saying, please put me in that car in one of your cars when I guess they were, uh, I guess it must have been when Gordon retired. That's about when it was. Yeah, and he, uh, it was a kind of a hokey thing to do and and let it out in the press that you were begging for a ride. But So I guess he's going to get a little uh, audition here as he gets put in that car out because all the Xfinity guys are in Oregon and I guess they figured they'd, uh, they wouldn't try to Fly in Josh Berry. They just let uh, Corey LaJoy do it since he wants to anyway. And 20th is Austin Cendrick. So uh, that's your top 20. Top 16 make the playoffs, and uh, that will be uh, uh, a few months away in September. So uh, let's uh, look at Xfinity real quickly. And, um, oh, by the way, the next race for the Cup Boys is uh, tomorrow, and that is the Enjoy Illinois 300 presented by Ticket Smarter. Not Ticket Master, Ticket Smarter, whatever that is. I've heard it. We've used Ticket Master before. Well, this is Ticket Smarter. <laughs> must be better. This is maybe, smarter. <laughs> well, maybe they handled the uh, <laughs> um, the ticket situation better. Who was it that the Taylor Swift that they had the big uproar with the, all the tickets that with her concert and everything, they got tickets got screwed up. I don't remember what it was. It didn't have enough, or they had too many, or whatever it was. Or I remember there was one gal uh, that we know. Uh, it paid six hundred dollars to get like first ten rows or something to see her. Well, I I don't. I stay for my blood. No, yeah, me too. But you know, she did a concert somewhere a couple of weeks ago in a driving rainstorm. I mean, heck with the rain. She did the whole show, and I think she even did a, a little extra longer show and a poor d- downpour that was, I mean, like a monsoon. And it oh, was yeah, like, her hair was wet and everything. Uh, it was unreal. And so was the 300,000 people out in the audience. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, that will be tomorrow at 3.30 on Fox. Let's go ahead and take a break now before we get into Xfinity because we got to talk about Jeremy a little bit, and this will get us back on schedule. You are listening to Sparks. <laughs> Fox Sports Spartanburg. <laughs> this is Start Get it Your Engine. Yeah, glad to have you back, Greg. Ricky's Drive-In West and Little Rick's East on Asheville Highway are your go-to stops for chili dogs, cheeseburgers, and so much more. Right now, all combos are just $6, and all kids' meals are just $3. And it's easier than ever to take advantage of these deals with their convenient drive through Do you have a big appetite or several mouths to feed? Ask for the drive through special. Ten hot dogs, a large fry, and a gallon of tea for just $22.99. Ricky's Drive-In West on Blackstock Road and Little Rick's East on Asheville Highway. The drive through is open. 
it. Alex, I see you got a new car. Yeah, man, it's sweet. Room for Titus and all his stuff, but it's missing something. Like what? Well, you know how Titus likes Tupac. Naturally. Well, the new car doesn't have the bass like my old car did. You need to take it to Elite Audio. They can add bass to a factory system. Seriously? Yeah, while you're there, let them add a remote start so the car is warm when you and Titus get in in the morning. I also saw they can add LED headlights, which you should look at, Clary, because you can't see anything. Elite Audio on Asheville Highway. Check out all they can do at EliteAudioOnline.com plus their Facebook page. Apparently, you can't hear either. What? Who doesn't love being number one? When your team's dominating the standings or your favorite band rocks the charts at number one, it feels good, right? Kind of like how it feels when you have auto insurance with State Farm. Because making you feel like number one is an honor your local State Farm agent takes seriously. Through the good times and not so good, your State Farm agent's proud to be here to help life go right. Call local State Farm agent Cliff Gobert at 597-1200. Visit our website at SpartanburgSportsRadio.com. Fox Sports Spartanburg, 98.3 FM, WSPG Spartanburg. Spartanburg has been known as the hub city for decades due to our proximity to rail lines and interstate highways. Upstate Logistics has been part of the hub city transportation scene for over a decade. Upstate Logistics provides businesses with warehousing and transportation services, including inbound and outbound rail shipments. And more importantly, we support Spartanburg. Be it high school and college sports or important community projects, Upstate Logistics wants to help move Spartanburg forward. Upstate Logistics, keeping your business and Spartanburg moving forward. To find out more, visit UpstateLogistics.com. Spartan Waste is putting trash in its place in Spartanburg County. Spartan Waste is your locally owned trash collection company, keeping your community clean. Do your part by visiting Spartan-Waste.com to make sure your trash is picked up on time every time. And when we say Spartan Waste is locally owned, we mean the owners, Mark Nelson and Mark Mullen, are on the job every day, keeping the Spartanburg community, where they work and live, clean for their families and yours. Keep it clean with Spartan Waste. Speedy Lube in Inman says to save time is to lengthen life for you and your car. Let Speedy Lube, Asheville Highway in Inman, lengthen the life and performance of your vehicle. Speedy Lube offers professional ASC certified mechanical service for your car. Be it an oil change, AC work, tires, brakes, front end, or any type of major or minor repair. Trust Speedy Lube in Inman. Open weekdays from 8 till 6. For fast, fair, and friendly service, visit Speedy Lube, Asheville Highway in Inman. Finding something delicious to match my mood can be a challenge, but McDonald's kills it every single time. Like when I need something with a little oomph, that's when I reach for a classic and melty McDouble. When I want something with a little oomph, that's when I go for a crispy and juicy McChicken. And with Mix and Match, I can get two faves for just $3.49, like a McDouble with a McChicken or small fries. And now, my mood calls for a little oomph and oomph. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Prices and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. Single item at regular price. And welcome back to Start Your Engines, and uh, let's talk about the Xfinity race, which actually, both of those races at Charlotte had to be run on Monday because it was just so wet, but they did get the Xfinity race started on Monday and ran one segment, and it started raining, and they said, what the heck, let's drive the track and have the 600, and then we'll come back and have the Xfinity race which I don't think they got around to it. I should have looked at my watch and written it down. <laughs> I don't know if they did or not. Oh, but, by the way. I, but they didn't get back to it until like uh, 
10.30 at night to run the last two segments of the Xfinity race. So it was a long night for those guys. And uh, I, I know what you want to say, so go ahead. We got a wish. Happy birthday wishes out to Ryan Delaney. He was born on June 3rd. Is this June the 3rd or June the 4th? We better check. It's, it is the 3rd. Way to go, Greg. I it was... I'm, I'm remembering some things, but yeah, happy birthday to Ryan. And, uh, like I say, we're, gonna, we're trying to piece together the, the racing. Uh, we saw some great racing, no doubt about it. Happy birthday, Ryan. We appreciate you, uh, all you do for us and uh, giving us this forum that we're uh, for, for uh, uh, kind of stumbling through this morning a little bit, but it's go, it's going to gonna come out all right we just had a had to swap the format around but it's, i tell you the main thing is great to have greg back so anyway happy birthday ryan and uh come to applebee's and greg will buy you a drink that's it <laughs> that's it all right um okay so let's go to the xfinity race that they finally got off yesterday i mean uh monday night at late and it was won by justin allgaier john nemechek was second third was cole custer fourth austin hill Fifth, Ty Gibbs. Sixth, Parker Retzlaff. Seventh, Jeb Burton. Eighth, Carson Hosevar, who's working out real well so far in Xfinity racing. Kind of hard uh, to pronounce his name. Yeah, well, I like announcing Hosevar. <laughs> I've always liked that one. Um, eighth was Brandon Jones. Ninth, Sammy Smith. I'm sorry. Ninth was Brandon Jones and tenth, Sammy Smith. But you got to look all the way down to uh, 19th to find Jeremy Clements. And Jeremy had a had another rough race, um, finished 19th after starting 27th. Um, he just, I heard him a little bit of him on, uh, from RJ or from rockers as it's now known as on Wednesday on open mic. And he, uh, he said they just missed the setup. They had no practice, no, but nobody did. They had no qualifying. It was like the first laps they'd had on the track. And, uh, they tried some things and threw some different things at it. And it just, it didn't work. He finished um, two laps behind, and um, you know, just a bad day for for Clements Racing. But well, you know, as we always know, Darrell Walter used to call it. You know, you, you get around Charlotte or whatever. So if that thing ever get three legged, you know, where you're supposed to have four tires up underneath, you yeah, feel like it. Yeah. But when it comes up off the corner, it feels like you only got three tires. Mm-hmm. I think he called it turkey wobble or something. Walter did, but. If you miss it, you, you can miss it that bad. So I'm, I'm sure they'll straighten all that up. Well, they're at a road course this week, today, as a matter of fact, and Jeremy's real good on the road courses. Real good, yeah. But uh, this particular road course last year uh, at Portland, Oregon, the, the race was running in the rain, and Jeremy spent a whole lot of time uh, pointed in the wrong direction. So, um, right to do that. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, he wasn't the only one. There was a lot of them pointed in the wrong direction, but hopefully with a dry track, Deb, uh, evidently has looked into it and said it's dry and hot. So, uh, let's hope a good result for Jeremy today. As far as the point standings go in Xfinity, Austin Hill is first, second, and he's got three wins. Second is John Hunter Nemechek with two wins. Third is Justin Allgaier. Fourth is Chandler Smith. Fifth is Sammy Smith, and sixth is Jeb Burton, and all those guys have uh, those last uh, four that I mentioned have one win apiece. The next six, um, and as I've said, Xfinity only takes the top twelve for the championship for the playoffs. Seventh is Cole Custer. Eighth is Josh Berry. Ninth, Sheldon Creed. 
10th is Riley Herbst, 11th Daniel Hemrick, and 12th Sam Mayer. You have to look down to 19th to find uh, Jeremy Clements, and he's 118 points out of the playoffs. That's a pretty big hill to climb, Greg, or a pretty big hole to climb out of. So, take at least uh, take a win. He needs to win a race, uh, just like he did last year yep. in Daytona. That'll just uh, wrap up everything. And um, I can't think of a better time to do it than this afternoon. I think this afternoon would be a great time, and especially so, on a road course. On a road course where he runs real good. So hopefully um, we'll get a good result out of Jeremy. So. Moving on. Oh, by the way, that race is the Pacific Office Automation 147. How they come up with that, I, I, I don't know. I guess it's sounds uh, like some West Coast boxers or something. Yeah, Silicon well, Valley. Well, it was the it was the 147 that threw me. I guess that's like a hundred laps around whatever size track that is. Uh, but it's at 4:30 today on FS1. So we'll get to watch Jeremy. See if he can pull out of this slump. Hopefully he can. Let's look at the trucks next. Uh, they uh, ran at Charlotte, and we talked about the race itself last week. So uh, their point standings, and they only take 10 to the playoffs, and they uh, the first six in uh, trucks have a win so far. Zane Smith is in first place with two wins. Second is Tr- Christian Eckes with two wins. Third is Corey Hine. Fourth, Grant Enfinger. Fifth, Ben Rhodes. And sixth, Carson Hostsavar again, and all those guys have one win. Seventh is Ty Majeski, eighth Matt Crafton, ninth Tanner Gray, and tenth is Matt D. Benedetto. They will run today at one thirty at Gateway in Saint, you know, across the river from uh, Saint Louis in Madison, Illinois, and that's at one thirty on FS1. So uh, we got a lot of races to watch. A whole bunch. It's gonna be, it's gonna be a good weekend for races. It's gonna, well, we're mean, gonna see it, Jeremy get up there and do good, and we're gonna we're gonna see all this stuff just fall right in place. I hope. Well, everybody's racing. I mean, uh, uh, even Tony isn't Tony Stewart up there in a drag car or something up in New Hampshire. Well, he might be. I don't know. Greg uh, Deb's sort of our, our drag person, and she didn't. Uh, she's mentioned that they were racing, but I don't know if uh, I, I suppose he is up there. He's. I uh, saw him getting in out of one on uh, on, okay. on film or something. Uh, but uh, anyway, there's a lot going on. Go oh, ahead, Perry. No, everybody's running. So. Uh, Taking a look at ARCA, they don't run again until June 17th at Berlin, Michigan. and uh, But the point standings there, Jesse Love, who I think has won the last two races, is in first place. Second is Malcolm in the Middle from the television. Did you ever watch Malcolm in the Middle? Oh, yeah. Did you? I never saw it one time, but Frankie Muniz, who was Malcolm in the Middle, is second in ARCA points. I didn't know if you realized that or not. Since I didn't know that. Yep, well, he is. He was leading there for a... A couple of weeks ago, he had a week on in first place, but yep, he's gone from from the TV set to the to the stock car and actually doing pretty good. That sounds good. Remember Marty Robbins? He was famed on country music and all that stuff. Saw him on Grand Ole Opry on TV, and he decided to want to go racing. That's when and drove for cotton. Drove for cotton. Uh, third in Arca is Jack Wood, no relation. Fourth is Greg Van Alt. Fifth is Andres Perez de Lara. Sixth is Tony Constantino. Seventh, Christian Rose. Eighth, Sean Core. Ninth is John uh, is uh, Tony Brightinger, the the female. And uh, tenth is John Garrett. So uh, once again, Arca doesn't run for two more weeks when they will be in Berlin, Michigan, which is a little bitty track. And you know the Arca cars actually have a lot of horsepower. 
they allowed. I mean, they, yeah. they've actually got 750 horsepower. The, well, I mean, but ARCA is owned by NASCAR now. Yeah. But they uh, they run by entirely totally different, different rules. Different rules and a, and a different car. It's more like the old car before they they came out with this next yeah. gen car. It, I guess it'd be closer related to an Xfinity car. Yeah. Anyway, it makes it interesting. It does that. Um. We're going to talk a lot about Indy, so I can get started with it here a little bit. Um, that was a heck of a race. I mean, uh, the Indy 500. Look at the fans. Yeah, and it, it hardly ever, hardly ever disappoints me. I think we've talked enough about the tire almost going in the stands because that, that would have been horrible, but it didn't. I think everybody can breathe a sigh of relief. I need to find out. I, I don't understand what you could do to to tether the wheel. I mean, it looks like the wheel has got to be connected to something else that's tethered. I don't see how te- I don't see how you can tether the wheel. The thing is spinning. Uh, I just that doesn't. I can't wrap my mind around it. But uh, Mike, if you're listening, and I'm pretty sure you are, think of what um, it goes on there because I, I I need I've needed that explained to me for years. I, I need that they, explained too. Ever right? since they came out with it, I don't see how they can do it. Because it just seems like a wheel and another part would have to come off. This was just the wheel, which is what you know usually yeah, comes you, off. You would think the upper I, control arm or something would come off with it. I, I don't. I don't. Uh, I don't know what they. Te- I don't know what the tether's connected to. But Joseph Newgarten um, won the race, and there's a lot of controversy about the finish. Um, they had three red flags there towards the end of the race, and course they Penske's car won the race for the 19th time and Penske owns IndyCar and he owns the Indianapolis Motor Speedway and a lot of you know conspiracy theorists saying you know well he he threw that last red flag so they could uh, so his car could win and um, and he did pass Marcus Erickson last year's winner in a Chip Ganassi car on the last lap yeah but if you watch that last lap which I have many times I mean, Erickson, you, you can't, you, you're not going to, you don't want to lock wheels because that could be fatal. I mean, that's not going to help anything. But, I mean, Erickson just didn't look like he put up a whole lot of fight to me. I mean, the, you, you know, um, I, I guess, I mean, Newgarden just drove right around him. That's what I'm saying. Um, I would rather many times over see the race end under the green than I would um, under the caution which they've done at Indy, and they've done it within the last few years. They've had races end under the caution. But, you know, I don't think anybody likes that. NASCAR can have a race under finish under the caution, but it's after they've received the white flag. It's whatever the next flag is. At Indy, and that's, you know, the green-white checker, Indy's rules say that uh, they don't have a green-white checker, but they say you have to be given the one-lap-to-go sign um, before you can uh, restart the race. Well, they gave them the white flag while they were sitting still on pit lane. And uh, that was their, their rationale for um, restarting the race, which made it, you know, technically legal by their rules. That guy didn't know how to handle his milk too good. Remember he had his milk? Was- well, they, they still, I don't, they've been pouring it over their head now for a couple of years. But it's better than Emerson Fittipoid. 
Emerson Fittipaldi, who wanted orange juice when he won. And that didn't sit well at all. No, I didn't go. <laughs> that didn't work too good. But uh, so anyway, they did get the race finished under the green, and I'm glad they did. Uh, it's uh, it's just better to to finish racing than than cruising. Yeah. And as far as I'm concerned, they made the right decision. Joseph, Joseph Newgarden, who took him 11 years to win it, and he was uh, really relieved when he did. Second was Marcus Erickson. Third was the man that I really thought, when they had to restart, would win the race, and that was Santino Ferrucci driving for A.J. Foyt. Yep. A.J.'s car ran so well. It was fast. Um, Ferrucci actually led for um, 11 laps, but it seems like he led a lot more than that. He was never, ever out of the top 10, I don't think, all day. He no, starts, he, stayed, he stayed up there the whole time. because that was A.J.'s car, and it runs good. I, I, I'm like you. I took a took an interest in watching what he was doing. He done, he was doing good. And he started fourth, and um, he finished third. It was just a, a feel-good story. It would have been an incredibly feel-good story if uh, he, if he had won it, and I actually thought he would. I thought he had more steam. That would have been a great, that would have been a good deal. I, I, th- I thought he had more steam than the other two cars, but he didn't. He couldn't quite get close enough, and he finished third. Alex Pillow was fourth. Alexander Rossi was fifth, Scott Dixon sixth, seventh was Takuma Sato, eighth Connor Daly, ninth Colton Herta, and tenth was Renus VK. Um, Tony Kanan finished 16th in what he says is his last race, but I think he said that two years ago, and he keeps coming back for more. But as they, as he said when they interviewed him after the race, you know, with all the hullabaloo this time and fan farewells and everything I, I think he pretty much feels obligated to uh to call it a career and he's got his name on and uh likeness on the borg warner trophy so he's uh he's an yeah, winner and you gotta and, be tough to get on that trophy and he uh he's just uh i think run his last race always like tony canine i never forget when he won the race he was so emotional and everything afterwards that he said, I can't believe they're going to put my ugly face on that trophy. I mean, it was just, it was almost sad to hear him say that because he's not the most handsome guy in the world with that beak. You know, and I tell you another thing, he had that, used to have that commercial, that Reese Cup commercial. Oh, yeah. When uh, he was walking down the sidewalk with a jar of peanut butter and Kevin Harvick's coming the other way with a, um, a bar of chocolate and they bump into each other and the chocolate goes in the peanut butter and, uh, and they like invent a Reese Cup or whatever. And it was, pretty funny got a minute to go here before the top of the hour but the uh uh they race and they're not at Belle Isle anymore they raced there at Detroit for so long on Belle Isle that now they've uh that contract's over with and they're going to run downtown Detroit and I'll get into a little more indie um at the top after the top of the hour especially about the history of racing in Detroit but um and um and talk a little bit about the lady whose car got hit. They let her kiss the bricks, and Doug Bowles, who's uh, president of the Speedway, gave her a ride home. And then uh, I think Monday or Tuesday, uh, Roger Penske came out, and he said, well, we're just going to buy her a new car. She had a, a Chevrolet Cruze or something like that. I can't think of the name of it, but it was a little bitty car, and it says it was crushed. It had heavy front-end damage, but I wouldn't say it was crushed. But anyway... We're going to take a break now, top of the hour, and we're going to come back and listen to Bud Moore talk about D-Day. 
You're listening to Scott Sheridan on Fox Sports Spartanburg. Visit our website at SpartanburgSportsRadio.com. Fox Sports Spartanburg, 98.3 FM, WSPG Spartanburg. Some injury news in the NBA this morning. ESPN reporting Knicks All-Star Ford Julius Randle had surgery on his left ankle yesterday, but Randle is expected to be ready for training camp in the fall. In the NFL, the Miami Herald reports that if running back Dalvin Cook is cut by the Vikings, the Dolphins are a real possibility as a landing spot. At the French Open, top remaining American woman Coco Gauff recovered after dropping the first set to win her third round match and punch her ticket into the round of 16. Defending women's Champ Igas Fiontech also advanced to the final with a double bagel victory, 6-0, 6-0. Game one of the Stanley Cup final between the Golden Knights and the Panthers tonight at 8 Eastern. Both teams hoping to claim their first championship in franchise history. And in soccer, the FA Cup final, Manchester City and Manchester United tied at 1-1 at the half. City scored 13 seconds into the match. United converted a penalty in the 33rd. I'm Nick Cope. A few years back, when we were ready to reopen the station, the water pipes burst, putting thousands of dollars of equipment in danger. That was one stressful evening, but one phone call to Thomas McGuire and PuroClean, the paramedics of property damage, and our stress disappeared. PuroClean rolled in, took charge, and rescued the station from severe water damage. Since then, I've used PuroClean at my house. You should do the same. Whether you're faced with fire and smoke damage, a flooding basement, or need carpet or upholstery cleaning, do what I do. And that's called 285-3530 for PuroClean. You can't predict what is going to happen, but you can plan. When was the last time you reviewed your financial plan? Financial advisor Trent Lancaster and Janie Montgomery Scott Spartanburg office can help you plan for the what-ifs to guide you in working toward a secure financial future that keeps you on track to meet your financial goals. A financial plan can help you with goals such as planning for retirement, educating your children or grandchildren, and passing on your wealth to the people and causes that are most important to you. Take the first step. Let Trent help you establish a plan today designed to protect you for whatever happens tomorrow. Call today at 864-585-8282. That's 864-585-8282. Or visit TrentLancaster.com. Jenny Montgomery Scott, LLC, member FINRA, NYSE, and SIPC. Have you been in a car or motorcycle wreck or an accident involving an 18-wheeler? Have you been injured in a workplace accident? If any of these things happen to you, you need to call the Carolina Law Group today. The Carolina Law Group isn't afraid of the big insurance companies, and they will fight for you. Call today to speak with an attorney for a free consultation. In Spartanburg and Greer, call 757-5555, and in Greenville, call 312-4444. The Carolina Law Group attorneys are your local injury lawyers with four convenient locations to serve you in Spartanburg, Greenville, and Greer. Visit them online today at thecarolinalawgroup.com. Baseball season is here. 2-0, Hammer to deep left. Back goes Seidel. Watch it go! It's out of here! And the Garnet and Black are ready. Swing the Got it. High heat 93. The pitch, and it is hit. And hit well to left. Back on it goes Post. He's going to watch it fly out of here! Tune in all season long on your home for South Carolina baseball. The Gamecock Sports Network from Learfield. Gentlemen, start your ring 
Live from our studios in Spartanburg, South Carolina, Fox Sports Spartanburg presents Start Your Engines. Here is your race team for today. Show producer Ronnie Black, author and veteran motorsports journalist Deb Williams, local action from winning car builder and owner Alan Hill, former NASCAR team manager and author Greg Moore, and here is your host for Start Your Engines, racing historian and author Perry Allen Wood. And welcome back to the second hour of Start Your Engines. And uh, this is not a, a somber thing. This is a happy thing, I think, Greg. I love to hear your father tell stories. And I think one of the great accomplishments of my life and one of the most pleasant things I ever did was having the honor of writing a book with your father. And uh, oh, these are the recordings that we made. Uh, I got hours of them about... Uh, all the all the things that we put in the book, and a lot of about World War Two, but I guess the most uh, biggest part of that was the the D Day landing because there's not too many people that that did that. A lot of them that that landed at Utah or Omaha Beach uh, didn't make it back, didn't make it off the beach. Some of them didn't even get to the beach, which could have been your father when you hear this story. But I play it every year. We've been on this, doing this show for six years, and this is the sixth, uh, sixth D-Day anniversary that I've played it, and I always will play it. Yeah, Perry, I appreciate that. And, and the thing is, uh, it, it it was a big part of Daddy's life. Uh, he went in on Utah. Uh, that was where they actually were shooting over him, and that's where Daddy gets out of that flat-looking thing, and he stepped in the shell hole, and they grounded a lot of people at Utah. Yeah, we'll, we're but here. We'll, we'll hear all that. But Yeah, uh, that was the thing about it. People, uh, this is stupid, but I hear people say, well, uh, Omaha was where everybody was getting killed. Well, they got killed at Utah Beach, too, but they didn't have the pillboxes at Utah Beach. And right. i tell you what your dad said. Maybe I should save this for afterwards. But he said that that, that that thing was all screwed up. Why in the world everybody didn't land at Utah Beach? Why did they even land at Omaha where they had the pillboxes and they had to scale up the, a cliff? You know, because it was easier to land. Yeah. But where your father landed, they were shooting over their heads and getting the boats as they came in. Yeah. Because yeah. they didn't have the pillboxes, but they had machine guns. You know, they had soldiers there, and a lot right. of them didn't make it off that beach either. <laughs> and they had a lot of... They had artillery there. Yeah, well, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> but uh, Daddy sums it up. It, 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 you know, and plus there was uh, Gold Beach, as you know, which Canadians. Yeah. That, why they why they went in at that part? And oh, like Daddy, I think, mentions on the whole thing. They were off a half a mile, which is really a lot. The whole the whole thing was shifted. Uh, a half mile to a mile, and uh, well, I tell you what, let's play it. Let's. And, we won the war. That's the main thing. And and they got the job done. We uh, let's play it, and then we'll discuss anything we need to uh, sum up afterwards. This is Bud Moore. This was, I think, 2015 in his kitchen, and uh, you can hear him wiping his hand on the, the counter. Yep. And my, my, that microphone picked it up and drumming his fingers and. It's just a great, uh, oh, it's a, fantastic. A great recording. So I appreciate you playing it. Here's Bud Moore talking about D-Day. 
listen to Bud Moore talking about D-Day. This is whenever they're talking about we was going to make a dry run on the, on the beach in England and all this kind of stuff. So they had the guys waterproof all the jeeps and the trucks and do all this stuff, you know. And then they loaded us up and took us back, back down to Liverpool. And they put us all on, put put our whole platoon on this LCI 149. I know we'll forget the number. So it now how many people was on that? Well, I don't know exactly, but I know our whole platoon was, first platoon was. So it hold a lot of people. Oh, yeah. Anyway, <clears throat> we uh, we sat there the rest of the day, and then it moved, next morning it moved away from the dock and just moved out a little bit, and uh, this was about June the 1st, I think it was, maybe June the 2nd when they loaded us. So the, the, that morning of June the 2nd, I think it was, no, June the let me get my day straight here. We got on that ship on June the, June the 3rd. That's when it was. And we sat there the rest of that night. So the next morning we moved out into the English Channel. And they kept pulled us out there and got out there. You know, and they, we went out there so far. And we got out there. And it, when they were moving, walked out there. And all you see was ships. They were thousands of them. <laughs> I said, boys, y'all need to come up here and look. <laughs> what do you mean? I said, this ain't no damn dry run. I can tell you that right now. <laughs> Something else is going on here. <laughs> so the evening of June the 4th, about, I guess, 3 or 4 o'clock that afternoon, the PT boat pulled up beside our ship. And they, two, three officers got off to come aboard. And they had this map. And they put, put this map up there and pulled it down. Started talking to us about it. They boys, now here's where we're going to land. Here's what we're going to do and all this stuff. And I said, boys, this ain't no die run. That's goddamn English coast. I mean, Francis coast. They were showing us exactly where we were going in. Well, we didn't know all this, but what they did, they took our regiment out of the 359th Infantry Regiment and attached us to the 4th Infantry Division to make the assault on Utah Beach. Well, our regiment and the two regiments out of the 4th Infantry Division made the assault and the other regiment, the 4th was in reserve. So they said this is all going to happen in the morning. So anyway, this was June the evening of June the 4th. So it was called off account of the weather. The weather was bad. And it's raining, it's cloudy and all this stuff. So anyway, they called it off. So again on uh, the evening of June the 5th, I guess it was about 7 or 8 o'clock, here comes that PT boat again, pulled up the side right. And they come on board again and said, boys, Five o'clock in the morning. If you remember seeing maybe the patterns the movies and all, it, it, it never was noticed. That they got to notice till about eight or nine o'clock that night. Mm -hmm. <coughs> anyway, we so we got our notice that it, it was about I seven or eight o'clock part of know. I don't know for sure. So the next morning. It was about 3 o'clock in the morning, and these damn landing craft pulled up. We climbed aboard them. 
and we went out through the ships and we got out there and we could see the shoreline, the lights and all the shoreline. We were between the battle wagons and the shore. It was still dark, still dark. And we, we were just circling out there. And we were probably 30 minutes ahead of landing. We were probably three quarters of a mile, maybe a mile still at sea. And when all hell broke loose, that's when all them big battle wagons and all them big 16-inches on them things started firing and lighting up the shoreline, man. They blasted the hell out of the shoreline and all this stuff. And y'all were between it, we between were, the battleships? We were the between the battleships and them. And uh, so because they wanted us to see, the minute they quit firing, Rusty hit the beach. So anyway, all this was going on. And uh, that we, we talked to one another. And uh, I said, boys, this is going to be a piece of cake. There ain't nobody be alive over there. And from what we were seeing, by it being still partially dark, in the way all the explosion was going on. So anyway, just we just they we they knew that the, when the, we were to move on in. And after about 15 minutes, I'd say, or 20 minutes of firing, all them guns firing, and we started moving towards the shore. And which them big shells going right over our heads when we was going. And all of a sudden they stopped and we were probably oh, a quarter mile short. We went in. And what happened when we got there and going in in our landing craft, the landing craft was supposed to go in and let the front end down where it wouldn't be in water but about two foot deep. The Germans started shooting artillery into them. They wasn't putting any artillery on the beach. It was all laying out in the ocean to stop the boats from coming in. There's hitting sometimes there's some, there's some boats that got hit the whole load to get to get a whole boat up. Anyway, when that boy landed ours we went down and we went off and we was in water up over the shoulder. And then I'm gonna tell you, ain't no telling they said there was quite a few. They said I heard after the war and everything else that we lost probably thirty or forty got drowned. I'm not sure. <clears throat> but anyway, I got off and stepped in the shell hole. With that tripod on my shoulder and my backpack and all. And I had a hard time getting out of that shell hole and water over my head. I've taken in water doing all this and finally I got out of it. And I just kept going straight as I could go get to the beach and I was spitting up water and doing this, you know, trying to You still to had your tripod? Oh yeah, I still had it. I didn't let it go. I kept it. Anyway, I got over on, finally got across the beach, sat down behind the sand dune, and finally coughed up enough water and got to where I started breathing a little bit. <clears throat> and about this time I heard someone say, oh, let's go, let's get going here. I said, God damn, I'm trying. <laughs> but what got me, you know, was all the stuff that's going on and guys getting hurt and all this stuff, you know, and here I am, I just you know, just turned 19 years old and uh, born and raised. Now, I was brought up a little bit different. You didn't start killing one another and all this stuff. And 
guys getting shot and hurt and blowed up and everything else. I said, this ain't no place for me. I shouldn't be in here. But then you had to realize it was war. So we got in. We fought on in the rest of the day. So while y'all were coming across the beach, there, there was, I mean, the, the bombs were blowing up. And I mean, they were, they, they were, they were they, they fighting back pretty hard. The, we didn't have much small arm fire. No. Okay. They was, there was mostly artillery coming in. Okay. And it was landing out in the water. Okay. There wasn't anything landing on the beach. All right. And it, no, none of the, you see the pillboxes and things. They, I didn't have, we didn't okay. have pillboxes. Okay. I went in on Utah Beach. Right. We didn't have pillboxes. Omaha's one had pillboxes. Mm -hmm. And that's what was wrong to start with. Whoever planned that thing didn't have no business doing what they did. You see, here's Omaha. Here's Utah. We were probably two miles a bit above them. Mm -hmm. All they do is move us up and we never went in there. Mm -hmm. They went in the hardest place. The 29th Infantry Division went in on Omaha and they say that uh, they wasn't over 40, 50 walked away. Mm -hmm. They wiped the whole thing. Mm -hmm. But anyway, they, uh, we went on the rest of the day and uh, we got in, I'm going to say we got in that night probably a quarter mile, maybe half a mile, I don't know. But you had some cover, right? I mean, there was like trees and things. Oh, yeah, we had trees and yeah. all this stuff going in, and, and uh, we got into the hedgerows. You know what the hedgerows were? Yes, sir, I do. But anyway, <clears throat> we got in that night. You know, it didn't get dark over at 11 o'clock. Mm. And it's just getting dust dark, and we had dug in our foxhole and dug in, you know, for the night in, in a defensive position. Had the machine gun set up and everything, the foxhole, and me and second gunner was in this foxhole. Anyway, we heard the dead blackest room in you heard. We heard all these airplanes coming. I said, boys, we in deep trouble now. Them Germans gonna blow our butt slam off this damn beat. So we were just scared to death, I'll be frank with you. And about that time we'd seen the moon was shining. We could see a little bit. Yeah, they come over, and it was airplanes coming. That's when they dropped the 82nd and 101st Airborne right in front of us. We seen them coming down. They were probably three or four miles ahead of us. So they were coming in from the ocean? They were coming from in from the ocean. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> and uh, they dropped the paratroopers in front of us. And all these guns firing up and all these uh, flares and everything just going on, you know, and, and Ain't no telling how many of them troopers were dead before they ever got to the ground. Mm -hmm. But anyway, <clears throat> so that made us feel a little better. But so the next day, we had very little resistance the next day. But we drove in to where the paratroopers were. We run in and met the paratroopers. And, uh, which, uh, the Germans couldn't stand the paratroopers being in, behind them. And us pushing them in front. Mm -hmm. So they went this way. So what really had us worried and all this stuff, you know, Omaha was still blocked. And finally they, they said something about it, says, well, they don't know yet Eisenhower may call us back because Omaha wasn't going in, so we didn't know what was happening there. 
but finally they did get something of the book loose over there on Omaha and they got off the beach and got going on that side and got things going. So anyway, now let me ask you a question right here, and I don't want to ruin your train of thought, but I just, <coughs> if I don't say these things, I'll forget them. Oh, no. uh, all the way through your training, like from Mississippi to, to New Jersey to, to work to the beach, was there, were you with the same bunch of guys? I mean, did you have friends? That, that you know, like, uh, did you have like a best friend or, or, yeah, or we people had, that, that we you had our we had our y'all been together a long time now. Well, see, we we've been see from the time we hit New Jersey, mm -hmm. and we joined the 9th Infantry Division, joined the first platoon out of 359th Infantry Regiment. Mm -hmm. We were we were all friends then, right? Because see, we took training and all together right. and all this stuff. So we're the, all the ones still hit the beach together, right? We all, you know, uh, all our gunners and first gunners, second gunners, and second platoon, first platoon, and all this kind of stuff. See, we're all was, was one unit. Right. See what happened on our deal. See, the first platoon, if A company or B, whichever one, the rifle, you had A, B, and C company. That's mm -hmm. three rifle companies in a battalion. Well, if these two companies are on the front line, then first platoon would be with this one and second platoon would be with this one with water so we joined them on the front line because mm -hmm. see we had water cooled water cooled machine gun right. then our 81 millimeter mortar they sit back here behind us and they they have uh, uh, mortar fire and all whatever needed mm -hmm. back here to, for these two companies whichever whatever they were and see our third platoon had observers and all mortar the guys are observing up there when they needed mortar fire, and then they call back, and he directed. Okay, but I mean, but you had like pals. You had you had friends. Oh yeah, okay. we had friends and all okay. this. Well, that, that, that's that's what I wanted. I mean, it wasn't like you were with a bunch of strangers. No, These no, were like we were like your brothers. No, no, we were we were all we were all been together from the time we got to Fort Dix, New Jersey. Okay. That no, was my question. <laughs> but anyway, all right. So go ahead. I didn't mean to. I just wanted to. But. Uh, <clears throat> After, you know, going in and meeting the paratroopers and fighting through the Zigbee line, not the Zigbee line, but fighting through the hedgerows mm -hmm. and, and all this. And what was so bad, you know, see where the gliders came in, you know, and the Germans was, and had the French labor set these big piece, half of the trees up in all this open field. And these gliders thought they were open. They'd come in and fly all the pieces. I mean, it's, a lot of guys got hurt bad, I mean. They ain't telling how many got killed on that deal coming mm -hmm. in. But anyway, <clears throat> you know, seeing all this kind of stuff, you know, was bad. Did you see the gliders coming over? Oh, yeah. Uh, th that was, they came over when the paratroopers yeah. came over? Yeah. Oh, yeah. They was all landed at the same time. All right. I'm mm -hmm. sorry. Go ahead. But anyway, as we fought on through then and went on through the Zigfeed line and then, uh, I mean, the, the hedgerows and all this time, so finally we was in this little town called Pierre, France. We had taken it and there's a crossroad. And uh, Pierre is here in St. Louis up here, 10 miles away. And I had a machine gun set up in a second floor of a hotel right guarding this, this crossroad right there. And Word came down says uh, there's going to be a lot of aircraft just showing up today and going to be a lot of bombs. And that's uh, where I cut it off because we're getting on inland now. And uh, it's uh, 
and that's actually me. <laughs> that we had to lift this from a from a, an earlier broadcast, so uh, uh, that's about 15 minutes of it. And I tell you, it's a uh, it's very powerful commentary. I think I, I love hearing Bud talk about it. And I don't. We there's no way to pay those people back, Greg. I mean, the ones that came back, the ones that didn't come back. Uh, 19 years old, having that that responsibility thrust upon you and uh scared to death but doing it and uh bud lived until just a few years ago and uh and had a, such a an amazing life um in fact his birthday was what may 25th yep so uh, he just would have had his uh let's say add that up real quick i think it'd have been his 98th birthday if i'm not if i'm that's right i think that's right Something yep. like that. He was born in 1925. How does that work out? Something like that. Uh, maybe, uh, yeah, I think that's 95. But uh, 98. Anyway, I tell you what. Well, he, he lived to be 92. Yeah. So it's a, a life well lived, I can tell you that. and it's a, Wonderful person. Yeah. I, I'm very proud for him to be, be my father. I'm very proud that he even got all those days. We ate up at the Peach Blossom and everything and heard the stories. and Just a, just a, a real American hero. Let's take a break. Come back. Talk to Mike Hill. You're listening to Start Your Engines on Fox Sports Spartanburg. Start Your Engines will be back after this quick pit stop on Fox Sports 1498.3 FM. You already know Palmetto Spirits is the place to go for wine, fine bourbons, and home bar essentials. But Palmetto Spirits is also the perfect place to pick up your favorite local craft brews like R.J. Rockers, crowd-pleasing Budweiser brands, and world-famous imports like Stella Artois, Modelo, and Corona. Whether you're in search of the ideal wine pairing or the ideal gift, Jim and the staff at Palmetto Spirits will get it in your hands. Palmetto Spirits, located at the corner of Reedville and Anderson Mill Roads. Spring is here, and so are the savings at Greer Nissan. Deals are in full bloom this month on all your favorite Nissan models, like a new 2023 Sentra or Frontier. Your choice, lease for only $199 a month, or hit the road in a new Nissan Road. Lease for only $299 a month. Low prices, big selection, and committed to quality customer service. Come see us on Wade Hampton Boulevard, or shop online 24-7 at GreerNissan.com. Spartan Waste is putting trash in its place in Spartanburg County. Spartan Waste is your locally owned trash collection company, keeping your community clean. Do your part by visiting Spartan-Waste.com to make sure your trash is picked up on time, every time. And when we say Spartan Waste is locally owned, we mean the owners, Mark Nelson and Mark Mullen, are on the job every day, keeping the Spartanburg community, where they work and live, clean for their families and yours. Keep it clean with Spartan Waste. Make Phillips and Long Fuel Chesney your source for propane in Spartanburg County. They offer propane for hot water heaters, cooking, and heat. They can fill your grill tank and get you ready for grilling season. Not only do they sell propane, but they sell a large variety of propane accessories such as grill tanks and other appliances that run on propane. If your propane tank is running low, call and we'll have it filled within one business day. Call them at 864-461-8511. That's Phillips and Long Fuel, located at 421 South Alabama Avenue in Chesney. Baseball season is here. 2-0, hammer to deep left. Back goes Seidel. Watch it go. It's out of here. And the Garnet and Black are ready. Swing and a miss. Got it. High heat 93. 
the pitch, and it is hit and hit well to left. Back on it goes Post. He's going to watch it fly out of here. Tune in all season long on your home for South Carolina baseball, the Gamecock Sports Network from Learfield. Image Printing is the only shop in the upstate that prints signage, decals, banners, t-shirts, wide format printing, full color paper printing, and offers graphic design services all in-house. And now Image Printing is offering custom t-shirts with no minimum quantity. That's right. Image Printing now offers direct-to-garment printing, which means you can get your design printed on a t-shirt whether you want one or 1,000. Visit Image Printing at 845 California Ave across the street from the Spartanburg County Detention Center. Call 864-583-8848. And welcome back to Start Your Engines on Fox Sports Spartanburg. And that's my pleasure to bring in a regular. In fact, uh, we ought to get him put in the credits, I think, maybe there, Greg. Since his brother's fishing, we'll just change it from Allen Hill to Mike Hill. How you doing this morning, Mike? I'm doing great, guys. How are y'all doing? It's good to hear Greg's back. It sure is. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm, Mike. I'm glad to be back. Uh, yeah, had, I had, bet you are. <laughs> I, bet, I was just, I was kind of keeping up with you, and I'm thinking, well, people was asking, a few people asked me about you, and and I told them, I said, last I heard, he's in the hospital, but he's he's doing all right, I think, and I think he's going to be able to come out of it. So yeah, good, good to hear you back on the radio. Man, I appreciate that, Mike. Uh, a whole lot, Mike. Uh, and, t- another, and, and another thing. <laughs> Getting to follow your getting to follow your daddy. Let me tell you what. Everybody in the garage area that was close to him called him Walter. You know that was Walter. Yeah. That was, well, yeah, we all called him Walter. We didn't call him Bud. His name was Walter. If he was close enough to him, you could you could call him that. You know. After, but I went to work for Junior, and and uh, we got to be him and Red Myler absolutely with my two best friends. And uh, it's funny as heck. And, and this is a quick story about. But Walter, we was always run Talladega and changed engines down there. You know, when you qualify, you change, take the qualifying engine out, put your race engine in. Well, Walter would always make sure to walk by and look down at the engine I was putting in so he could keep a record of it, what it was. And, it, and after a while, it got to be a joke. I finally would tell him, mate, before he'd even get there, I'd say, bud, it's 160 and we made it bigger. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs> and he would, he would just stomp off, you know. And so uh, later on, my little brother, you know, he's, him and my daddy going into the beach blossom and eating with Bud and Cotton and David. And, and all my little brother said all Bud could talk about was that engine that you was putting in every, uh, down there at Talladega every race and how big it was. <laughs> I'll tell you, some of my best memories of eating, great. eating at the great beach night. blossom with those guys. Um, yeah. All right, well, next week we got Lamont's coming up, and uh, – Boy, that was a beautiful picture. I wish we were on television just so I could show. I showed it to Greg, that picture you sent Fantastic. me of the Wheeling Engineering car in the, in the garage area at Le Mans. And uh, I, I love the new number. Instead of 31, you're 311. And the, I thought that it's got too, much, too good numbers there. It's got number three and number 11. That's right. That's a, I love it. I love three-digit numbers. I mean, it reminds me of, I didn't like Kike for much, but he had them 300-numbered cars. But anyway, <laughs> yeah, uh, um it, that's coming up next weekend, and that's be, well, I'll get some times and everything on it uh, for the show next week. But how do you, how's it going over there? What kind of feedback you're getting uh, from y'all? Been the car's been over there since what the 18th of May, or, so, or you shipped out, or 
Or yeah, what's going on with that? And the boys, boys just got there uh, this week, basically now, and uh, we're going through what's called scrutineering over there. And apparently, it's a big deal. You leave the racetrack and you go downtown Le Mans to get get uh, inspected. And, and I've got they sent me some pictures this morning where they're they're under like a big uh, tent, and they got the car up in the air doing inspection on it. And, uh, I, I haven't heard if we passed yet, but I'm sure we did. But you're talking about those parts that they found that wasn't, wasn't NASCAR-issued parts. We, we, we deal with that now every week. It's got to be what's called an homologated part, and you better not be changing it. That's, that's uh, really Come, it said. It's comes a, from one thing. vendor. But I understand now, I've, I've done a little bit of research, and I'm trying to Get wise on this Le Mans uh, uh, a little bit, and the um, these are, there's 16 hypercars. Yours is a hypercar. I mean, that's the top top level of auto racing, as far as I'm concerned, is the hypercar. And there's 16 of them at Le Mans, and, and you're the shop foreman for one of them. And that, I'm just so proud to have you on our show that I can't stand it. It's uh, it's an honor to have you here, but and to have that much knowledge about everything that you know. But now, have they had any practice time yet, or will that all be this week? Has anybody been on the track start, at all? Start, start tomorrow. Okay. Yeah, you got to get through inspections, initial inspection first, and, and then they'll let us on the racetrack tomorrow. And, and that's for all the classes? I mean, I'm even – you had a good bit to do with the Garage 56 car, the Camaro that, uh, that that's yeah. over there, and uh, that with uh, – Jimmy Johnson, God, I hope he does good. I hope he, he, he proves me wrong and just does a whale of a job. But, you know, I want him to get out there and get some laps. Yeah, yeah. I don't know how many cars they're going to be racing in their division. I had heard that there was another entry into that Garage 56 deal. Well, what I, heard, we only, what I heard. Maybe we only have one guy to beat. Well, <laughs> I, from what I heard yesterday, I mean, I was, like I said, I, I looked it up last night at the entry list. And there's only one in that category. I mean, I, yeah. I, I don't think the word's experimental, but that's pretty much what it is. Uh, it might be innovative. Right? I, I don't know. It may, I think it's got another name. It's an English word. It's not French. But anyway, as far as I can tell, there's just one car and, uh, and probably will be more in the future. But, I, man, I'm so excited. i got to figure out how to get Motor Trend TV because – Everything I can find out, it's on for all 24 hours, but you got to watch it on Motor Trend yeah. TV. And I'll, if you know something different, let me know during the week because I'm going to have to buy or subscribe to it. I'm, I'm going to watch it. You know, that, it's, Mike, it's something else. Somebody from Spartanburg went to work, worked for Junior, learned all this stuff, and now heading up a doggone deal in Le Mans. Mike knows some stuff. Well, yes, he does. He's a... He's, he's, He's a huge asset to where he works and to this show and to listen to our show. And to and, Spartanburg. And Spartanburg High graduate. And he, uh, if I make a mistake, he texts me. <laughs> or if Deb <laughs> says something screwy, he texts me about that, too. Mike yeah. Sharp. Go well, ahead, we just, Mike. We just, we just want the truth put out. You know, we don't need any misinformation about our sport or racing in general. I've always you can. Up on the, they talked me into getting in these NASCAR forums up on the, on the internet, and and I think the reason they want me up there is just to make sure that I keep the record straight for them. So that's what I try to do. Well, you know, 
Mike, I got kicked yeah. off of an Indianapolis one uh, in the middle of May <laughs> because some guy got me. He he put so much crap out there that I I got ugly about it. I should shouldn't have. I overreacted, but I mean he he said some things historically that they just flat weren't true. And so I was yeah. I came down pretty hard on him and uh and the guy that runs the website says, you know, you were invited here and uh I think you better uh find another place to spend your time and I said, Okay, I'm gone. And I I, yeah. I sheepishly got off the website but he made me mad. <laughs> I couldn't well, stand the things he was saying that were so wrong. He, well that's the whole thing. That's that's always been one of our deals. Not being being correct. We tell the the truth the truth will set you free, right? That's the way, what was it the old saying about if you keep telling the truth, you won't have to worry about it when they uh, come back and ask you a question if you're telling a lie or whatever. So if you tell the truth all the time, you don't ever have to worry about it. But I found those NASCAR forums, when they invite me to come up there, I say, I'll come, but you're going to have to either make me an admin or a, or a moderator because once they figure out when I'm talking, I can push a button and they can disappear. They don't, they don't give me much lip. Well, the, the thing about it, my situation was the guy was probably just repeating what he'd heard. I mean, yeah, and and that's you know, and I shouldn't have been so hard on him because that's just what somebody told him, and he was putting it out there, and it was wrong, and I got mad about it, and I shouldn't have. I acted like a the grumpy old man I am. But let's talk about uh, let's get back to sports car racing <laughs> now. The uh, now this is not the same car that you will be running at. Uh, Watkins Glen, right? That's an entirely separate thing, or are are they real closely related first cousins, or what? They would be first cousins. It's it's on the same tub. You know, you start out with like a little carbon cockpit, and you build around it. And if you look at it, you can see a little bit of difference on the way the body styles. They they wanted more on the W World Endurance car. That's what our Lamont's car is considered a World Endurance car. Um, you can do a little bit more as far as there's downforce additions to the body, basically. But everything else, the engine, the, the everything else is the cockpit, the inside, the every, steering wheel. All that's all the same as what we're running now. As a matter of fact, when this car, when it gets back, it'll be it'll be put back into the rotation of one of our cars, and we'll make us three. So we'll have a we'll have a spare. Now this. Um, uh... This hypercar, it's just it, just the sound of it sounds like something out of a out of a, a, a fu- futuristic movie or something. Hypercar, but um, that's, that, that's that big V8 that you <laughs> think we sound a lot different than the rest of those the, the Toyotas and the, and the Mercedes and the well, Acuras. We sound because we got a big honking V8 in ours. Your big Detroit <laughs> Iron. But that's one of the things I, uh, that's where I was going with this, that you're not racing against, I mean, in, in the IMSA, you're against Acuras and, uh, uh, BMWs and, uh, what, you know, other Cadillacs. But over there, you're, you're up against other make, I mean, Toyota's won it like, what, two or three years in a row? And, and you're up against, uh, Ferrari, I think. Aren't they in there? And I read it all yesterday and I, there was just so many different, makes that don't run IMSA. You know, you got a whole new, uh, and I, I really, I looked at the names of the drivers, and I, I hadn't heard of half of them. Of course, you know, they're Europeans, and it's just, man, this is a whole new deal. Well, it seems to me like uh, they have to put the car into the mod's trim. 
it, it sounds like they, they, they have to take the car, as Mike said, and put it Lamar style. <laughs> but that Vic yeah. V8 and everything in it, it it's going to run. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we Hopefully we've got it worked out. I think we, the last I looked, that we got 12,000 miles on this car. This, this, this our testing and racing that we've done so far, and we haven't turned up any real bad issues. Like I, I told them, you know, I told them my boss was there in the shop one day. I said I would have lost every bit of my money. I would have bet this thing wouldn't have run. You know, the whole race, all these races, we we we've yet to fall out with them. Our mechanical failure, we. We've had a little issue with the guy running over us and got some laps down at Daytona, but uh, and we ended up luckily winning Sebring, being the first uh, the first Cadillac GM car to factory car to win down there for GM. So. Well, I mean, there was some luck involved, but I tell you, you got to be there to to get lucky. I mean, you've got to put yourself in a position yeah. to. Uh, Oh, uh, it's a, what's the old thing? I've heard it a million times. What Bear Bryant said: nothing. "Luck is where opportunity meets." Uh, um, now I can't remember what the other one. opportunity meets preparation. Prepar- yeah, like preparation that. meets uh, opportunity. Yeah. Anyway, so yeah. well, I mean, I, it's just gonna. This is the best part of the racing year. You got racing going on everywhere. I'm gonna have to watch uh, Ford versus Ferrari <laughs> to uh, get in the mood. I, I wish I had a copy, and I probably can find it on uh, on. Netflix or someplace, Le Mans, the Steve McQueen movie, which, you know, is a, that's a great Le Mans movie. So, Fantastic. Uh, yeah. But, man, oh, yeah. 220 or 30 miles an hour down that Molson straightaway is just, uh, and uh, and uh, all the names for the different corners, uh, Tetra Rouge and the uh, White House, and, you know, they got all these glamorous names. And it's, Le Mans is just a great race as far as I'm concerned. It's right there with Indianapolis as the greatest race in the world. May be greater. I can make the argument. I could easily argue that Le Mans is the greatest race in the world. That's that's almost a no-brainer. It probably is with all the different makes and nationalities and everything. Yeah. Going back to the movie, I, I was joking to my guys whenever they left. I told them, I said, bring me back one of those fine, those, uh, a set of those fine Italian stopwatches. Did you remember in the movie whenever <laughs> the... Who was it? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, when uh, <laughs> Carol Shelby stole all the Ferrari stopwatches? Yeah. yeah. yeah he went over and the watches <laughs> off the side of the board and started <laughs> using them. Or something. Yeah. <laughs> the name of stopwatches. Yeah. Well, Mike, we, uh, we want you to come back. I'm not going to bug you next week because you'll be watching the race and or getting ready to watch it or whatever. Anyway, I'd rather I'd rather have you on the week after if you please come back on uh, and sum up Le Mans for us the next week. I'd, I'd love that. I'm happy to do it now that I'm I'm not racing as hard as I used to. You, you saved me today. I was out working in the garden. It's starting to get hot, so I got to come in. Told my wife, I said, I got to go in and sit down. I'm about to be on a radio show. <laughs> <laughs> I'll save you every week if you want me to, but uh, let me let you I go. I heard you talking about that. I heard you talking about that wheel tether. We got, like, these, these like, they're almost like cables, but they're made out of some high-strength Kevlar. That, that goes in and we tie one end to the frame and it runs across the wishbone and goes out to what's called an upright, which would be, in everybody else's lingo, it would be called a spindle, and then the hub goes up on it. And and you take a, a lick like that, the, it, the I know the tether didn't break, 
but it probably broke the upright off where it's, the pin is in the upright and it come loose. Well, it was just it was lucky it was. I don't know. I don't know that anything would hold that kind of slick. You know that. Yeah. And the first thing, first thing, you know, we're we're watching the race, and the first thing that hit my phone is is my little brother, Alan, texted me. Says, "Where did the tire go?" Yeah. Well. Yeah. He used to yeah, text he, me. <laughs> now, he, he's fishing big. He's he's into. I mean, I'm major league carp fishing, you know. I, I told you about the big money that he was telling me about. Uh, and I don't blame him one bit. Thousand dollars. No, no, I like <laughs> I don't blame him one bit. That's why we haven't taken him off the credits yet, so maybe we'll get him back. Let me let you go, Mike, but I'd like to talk to you in two weeks after uh, after Le Mans. Yes, sir. All right, I appreciate it. And I'll be texting you off and on during that 24-hour race, I imagine, but great having you on the show, and I appreciate everything. Yes, sir. All right. Thank you. That's Mike Hill, and uh, boy, what a great asset he is for our show. A little bit behind schedule. Let me take this break, our last one, and we'll come back. You're listening to Start Your Engines on Fox Sports Spartanburg, 98.3 FM. Spring is here, and so are the savings at Greer Nissan. Deals are in full bloom this month on all your favorite Nissan models, like a new 2023 Sentra or Frontier. Your choice, lease for only $1.99 a month. Or hit the road in a new Nissan Road, lease for only $2.99 a month. Low prices, big selection, and committed to quality customer service. Come see us on Wade Hampton Boulevard or shop online 24-7 at GreerNissan.com. Spartanburg has been known as the hub city for decades due to our proximity to rail lines and interstate highways. Upstate Logistics has been part of the hub city transportation scene for over a decade. Upstate Logistics provides businesses with warehousing and transportation services, including inbound and outbound rail shipments. And more importantly, we support Spartanburg. Be it high school and college sports or important community projects, Upstate Logistics wants to help move Spartanburg forward. Upstate Logistics, keeping your business and Spartanburg moving forward. To find out more, visit UpstateLogistics.com. Speedy Lube in Inman says to save time is to lengthen life for you and your car. Let Speedy Lube, Asheville Highway in Inman, lengthen the life and performance of your vehicle. Speedy Lube offers professional ASC certified mechanical service for your car. Be it an oil change, AC work, tires, brakes, front end, or any type of major or minor repair. Trust Speedy Lube in Inman. Open weekdays from 8 till 6. For fast, fair, and friendly service, visit Speedy Lube, Asheville Highway in Inman. Providing for and protecting your loved ones is never more critical than when you're not there to do so. Many people are under the impression that establishing a will is the first and last step to estate planning. That's why developing a formal estate plan can be one of the most important things you'll ever do for them. A comprehensive estate plan can help you preserve and protect your wealth, control who receives your assets, and ensure that your wishes are carried out. Working with our estate planning experts, financial advisor Trent Lancaster in the Spartanburg office of Janie Montgomery Scott can help you prepare an estate plan. Contact Trent today to discuss your estate planning needs by calling 864-585-8282. That's 864-585-8282. Or visit TrentLancaster.com. Janie Montgomery Scott, LLC. Member FINRA, NYSE, and SIPC. 
The BMW Charity Pro-Am presented by TD Cinex has been a staple of the Upstate community for more than two decades. The BMW Charity Pro-Am brings the Upstate a fun and entertaining week centered around professional athletes and world-renowned celebrities and raises money and awareness for South Carolina charities. Tournament week this year is June 5th through 11th and includes golf clinics, concerts, a sustainability luncheon at Bon Secours Wellness Arena, a ladies' luncheon and golf clinic at Carolina Country Club and Chapman Cultural Center, the BMW Charity Pro-Am June 8th through 11th at Carolina Country Club and the Thornblade Club. The Country Meat Center in Woodruff is well known for our great cuts of beef, pork, and chicken. But we're so much more than just a great butcher shop. We also offer locally grown produce, delicious cakes and pies, a fully stocked deli with boar's head meats and cheeses, seafood brought in fresh from Charleston, as well as a great selection of wild game like bison, ostrich, and kangaroo for the adventurous home chef. We are locally owned and operated and will be happy to fill all your grocery needs. Shop local at the Country Meat Center, located at 10297 Highway 221, open 830 to 7, Monday through Saturday. Find an old 35mm film camera? Are you using one now? Do you want to? Where do you go to get your film developed? Spartan Photo Center, the last full-service camera store in South Carolina. They have all sorts of new and used cameras, digital and film. Remember film? They develop 35mm and 120-sized color negative film three times a week. Black and white every couple of weeks. Get your film developed, scanned, printed, or cloud-delivered to you by Google Drive or Dropbox. Need film? They've got film. 35mm, color and black and white. Spartan Photo Center, 108 Garner Road, just off North Pine Street, across from the Food Lion. Spartanburg's radio home for Gamecock football. Fox Sports Spartanburg, 98.3 FM, WSPG Spartanburg. Finding something delicious to match my mood can be a challenge, but McDonald's kills it every single time. Like when I need something with a little oomph, that's when I reach for a classic and melty McDouble. When I want something with a little oomph, that's when I go for a crispy and juicy McChicken. And with Mix and Match, I can get two faves for just $3.49, like a McDouble with a McChicken or small fries. And now, my mood calls for a little oomph and mmm. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Prices and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. Single item at regular price. And welcome back to the final segment of Start Your Engines on Fox Sports Spartanburg. And uh, let me finish up Indy here. Um, they're racing uh, tomorrow, and for years this thing has been in Belle Isle, which is uh, an island out in the middle of the I don't know, the Detroit River or is Lake Erie or uh, somewhere. Anyway, this is back on the streets of uh, Detroit, where they haven't been in quite a while. Uh, this race is. Uh, Started in 1982 as a grant, a Formula One race, and it was on the streets of downtown Detroit. And then Cart Hat took over in '89, and then Cart uh, Champ Car had it in 2001, and it moved out from downtown to uh, the Belle Isle in 2007. And it's been at 2000 uh, since 2007. It's been there until this year. Now they didn't have it the year of COVID, and I think one other year they had a problem when they didn't have the race, but. Uh, they're back in downtown Detroit, and this is, it used to always be the first race after Indy was, for years, was Milwaukee. Unfortunately, they don't run Milwaukee anymore. I wish they did. But anyway, um, that'll be Detroit, and they will run there uh, 3 o'clock tomorrow afternoon on NBC. So, looking forward to seeing that and switching back and forth between that and uh, and the uh Stock car race and maybe even some Gamecock baseball. Who knows? 
Point standings after Indianapolis. Alex Pillow is back in first place. He's got a 20-point lead on Marcus Erickson. Patricio O'Ward is third. Fourth, Joseph Newgarden. Fifth, Scott Dixon. Sixth is Scott McLaughlin. Seventh is Alexander Rossi. Eighth, Roman Groshan. Ninth, Will Power. And tenth is Colton Herta. Um, getting back to the 500, there were some other crashes. Uh, the very early one was Ramon Groshan and Stingray Rob, who Stingray Rob sort of uh, got very perturbed with uh, Ramon, Ramon Groshan, but I, I don't think he really had a leg to stand on. But the big crash where the wheel came off was, uh, that was Felix Rosenquist crashed and bounced off the wall and slid all the way down to the apron and then skidded backwards back up into the groove. And it was hold your breath time because you knew it was going to get bad. And uh, Kyle Kirkwood came through there and hit him. Rosenquist had led 33 laps. Kyle Kirkwood hit him. That wheel came off and shot between the grandstands and hit Robin Matthews' car. And um, meanwhile, Kirkwood hit the, hit the wall and the catch fence and slid upside down backwards along that catch fence fence with some very, very interesting um, in-car camera of him upside down with the sparks scraping and just uh, just incredible, incredible video there. Nobody got hurt, and um, that was Indy for 2023, the 107th edition, 108th, of course, will be next Memorial Day, and actually, I already can't wait. Excuse me. Um, before I move on here, let me thank Lanny McKinney for all he does for us. Maintains the uh, Budmore Engineering website, our Start Your Engines website. And he. Um, we've had a little technical problems, and we actually don't have the podcast for the last two shows, but we're back in business this week. So thank you, Lanny, for uh, your perseverance and uh, sticking to it and, and getting everything fixed so we can stay on the air uh with the podcast, because I like to listen to it on Mondays. That's usually uh, part of my routine is to listen to the show on Monday afternoon while I'm working. IMSA, real quick, aside from Le Mans this weekend, their next race is actually three weeks from now at the 20, uh, three weeks from tomorrow, actually, at the uh, Salem's Six Hours of the Glen. Of course, that's at Watkins Glen. The point standings there, uh, Nick Tandy and Matthew Jaminet are first. Pipo Durrani and Alexander Sims are second, and that's in the Wheeling Engineering car. And I just, uh, Greg and I were talking during the break just now. It's just so amazing that we've got somebody like Mike Hill on this show that is connected intimately at the highest level of auto racing. And they're over in Le Mans right now. That's just so proud of that. Quickly, Formula One, they, um, they ran Monaco last week, and it was in the rain, or it started raining, and... Uh, they had to switch to rain tires. Nothing mattered. Max Verstappen won it anyway. The score is Max Verstappen four, Sergio Perez two. The Red Bulls have won all six races so far. The results, Max Verstappen first, Fernando Alonso was second, and then Aston Martin third, Esteban Ocon, and Alpine was third, fourth, Lewis Hamilton, fifth, George Russell, sixth, Charles Leclerc and the first Ferrari, seventh, Pierre Gasly, eighth, Carlos Sainz, and the other Ferrari, ninth Lando Norris, and 10th Oscar Piastri. Um, the uh, Haas cars, um, Haas for independent Ferraris, finished uh, 17th with Nico Hulkenberg, and 17th 
with uh, Kevin Magnuson. Logan Sargent was 16th with uh, the Williams. Of course, mentioned him because he's the only American in Formula One right now. The points in Formula One. Max Verstappen has a 39-point lead over his teammate, Sergio Perez. Uh, Fernando Alonso is third, Lewis Hamilton fourth, George Russell fifth. We'll just stop it right there. Um, television. Got a lot of TV. Uh, I mean, a lot of TV. So today, you're probably, if you hurry, you can cast the last couple of minutes of NASCAR qualifying. The um, Xfinity qualifying in practice will be at noon. And uh, the... Uh, Craftsman Truck Series will run at 1.30. And that and those first two, everything, um, uh, NASCAR qualifying and the Xfinity practice, all of that is on FS1. At three uh, at 1.30, the truck race is on FS1, and that's from Madison, Illinois, uh, across the river from St. Louis. Indy qualifying will be at 1.20, and that's on Peacock. That's at Detroit downtown. The Xfinity race will be 4.30 at, uh, in Portland on the road course. FS1 pulling for Jeremy real, real hard. We, he needs it. He needs it bad. The uh, then tomorrow the lineup at 8:55. Call it nine o'clock. The Formula One race will be at Catalunya, and that is in Spain. So um, looking forward to that. If you get up early, you don't have to get up too early, but you got to get up kind of early to watch that. Then at 3:30, the NASCAR race is on FS1, and that is from. Uh, uh, I think it's called Worldwide Technologies Raceway, or is that the one in Portland? I don't remember. Anyway, uh, it's on FS1 at 3.30, and the IndyCar race is at 3.30. So they're going head-to-head, and that is uh, that will be on NBC from the streets of Detroit. Next week on Saturday, the, um, the June the 10th, the Le Mans race is on Motor Trend Television. I just got a text. And let me see if I can re- look at it real quick because I think Lanny is telling me how to get Motor Trend TV. He said it is on Spectrum, channel 778. And um, I think if I go to 778 and you just click on the right button, it will uh, say you got it now and then it will be on your next bill. So I may have to get Le Mans for one week. Greg has stepped away. I uh, was hoping he wouldn't so I could tell him how much I appreciated him coming on the show and or being back on the show this week, and hopefully he'll be back on the show every week. Um, great to have him. Maybe next week there won't be a track meet because uh, Ronnie's not here. I don't even know if I mentioned that or not. Ronnie did phone in or text in, and he's picking Larson. And, um, of course, Lanny's picking Ryan Blaney. Why would you switch when he finally won after 59 races? So, uh, But Greg, great to have Greg back. Hopefully next week we'll have Greg. Hurry up, Greg. you got about 30 seconds. Um, and we'll have Greg and Ronnie next week. Greg, to have it back, Greg. Make it quick. you got 10 seconds. Man, i tell you what. It's good to be back. Good to talk about racing. And uh, we'll get everything all straightened out, won't we, Barry? We always do. Yeah, we always do. <laughs> we'll get Natalie, get our table ready. Well, he liked, he, I knew he'd come in here and steal my line, I, but that's I, okay. You, you know what I was going to do. It. Well, that's okay. I'll let you get it because I'm going to do it again anyway as soon as the music starts playing. But it's great to have Greg back. A lot of racing today. Gamecock baseball, I guess, at 6 o'clock tonight, maybe 7. I think it's 6 o'clock. I don't know if it's on this station or not for sure, but I know it's on television. Natalie, get our table ready. We are coming, and the rest of you keep it between the fences. See you next week.
been listening to Start Your Engines. Tune in each Saturday morning at 10 during the season for the very latest in auto racing news, interviews, and guests from around the sport. To find out more or order Perry Allen Woods books on motorsports, visit McFarlandBooks.com. Start Your Engines has been a presentation of Fox Sports Spartanburg, LLC. All rights reserved. 